titles. Go. Jacksicle. Getting misty. Y we C A. Show me your pins. Um, up in there like a baby bird. <laughs> in a special place. The bird. Peach tree and gazpacho. Got Jack. Willie's Wonka. <laughs> Ritter on Twitter. More followers than Jeter. Felt cute. Might kill myself later. Run out of excuses. The pen pimp. All right. Let's do this. Warning. What you are about to hear contains explicit language, adult themes, and potentially disturbing content. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts and do not reflect the opinions of anyone else, anywhere, ever, in the history of the world. This podcast is intended for an immature audience and should not be listened to by anyone, anywhere, ever, in the history of the world. You know, fuck it. You've been warned. Hello, welcome to this week's edition of GeekPod. I'm your host, Paul. I'm Hugh. I'm Kevin, and I'm happy to be back. Word up, I'm Jack. Guys, what's got you geeked? Well, while you fucking nerds were geeking out over, you know, how young and sexy Ewan McGregor looks now, the rest of us were watching Stranger Things 4, and I got to tell you, that's been pretty fantastic. I know that this is, you know, usually saved for the... the uh, midstream but that's what i'm geeked about it has been awesome i have not finished it yet we have one more episode to go uh before the the break and the other two epic epic movie long uh episodes it's been really good has anyone watched it no one episode left as well so no not, okay. not for you looking forward to it okay well I, I will say this and i will keep it i guess non-spoilery um i do have an issue with the season but it's not bad because there there are basically three stories going okay one of them is the new bad. One of them is how L gets her power. Or L, well, eleven, yeah, L, uh, eleven gets her powers back, and one is how they get you know Hopper back because everyone knows Hopper is still alive. Okay, now here's the thing: I feel like they wrote themselves into a corner in the end of season three because those second two things, L and Hopper, they have absolutely nothing to do with the main story. They're not connected. They're in separate places, and they're not even necessary if they didn't have to write themselves out of the corner they put them in at the end of season three. Like if Elle still, because I'm assuming they're going to converge at the end, and I feel like, you know, in a lesser program, I'd be going, these two stories don't even need to be here. They just shouldn't have done what they did last year. Now, the good thing is those two stories are really, really fucking well written. They're really good and exciting, and I don't mind watching them, but I still recognize the fact that they don't serve the current narrative at all. Not, not even a little bit. They, they have okay. nothing to do with it. That, that's a little weird, but that being said, I think it's the best season so far. Oh, wow. Yeah, and, and I, I've not liked some of the, the, the earlier seasons, or, or I just wasn't like thrilled about them, but I love what they're doing with it overall. And even with those stories, like I said, they're done really well. I just, I recognize that this is only necessary because what you did back here, if they had let Al keep her powers, 
and didn't have Hopper get taken away to Russia. They could have just moved on to season four and had those, those pieces in place. They're clearly trying to get those pieces back in place where they need to be. Unless I'm wrong and somebody dies. Yeah. Jeez. But, but that being said, yeah, fucking great. Oh, awesome. Nice. Yeah, spoiler free, like Hugh says, like I like what they're doing for sure. He's deep in thought about Jack's it right He's deep in thought. Jack, stop touching that. Get that boy an Ethernet cable. What, what else can we say about Jack <laughs> while he's frozen? Hmm. Looks like a Jacksicle. <laughs> Probably shouldn't say that. Maybe he's jacking off. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right. Well, we'll Hi, Jack. Uh, ways, Jack. hopefully Jack will come back. Uh, but we'll move on. Somebody, I'll, I'll text him. Uh-huh. All right, Corbs. What's got you geeked? Oh, so I got a couple. I got one that's got me geeked and one that's got me kind of uh, down a little bit. So start with the one that's got me down. Bye, Jack. Um, so the one that's got me down is Memorial Day. Went to my brother's for a cookout. And uh, so it was rather warm that day. Mm-hmm. Got about 90 degrees with some pretty good humidity. You guys know my brother recently had his kidney yeah. transplant. So we were outside hanging out. Um, he's got a, he can't be in the sun. He has to be in shade. Mm-hmm. He was under an umbrella. Uh, Kelly came, we put up her tent so he could nice. sit in the tent and be in the shade. Everything seemed to be going fine. Um, as we were getting, as I was getting ready to leave because my son was starting to get tired from the sun. So I was going to say, I'll just take him home. He's got some homework to do for school tomorrow. So we decided to leave. So I was taking the tent down with my son and my, my nephew and Kelly. And all of a sudden I hear from the kitchen was my sister-in-law calling off my brother. And apparently my brother passed out and fell on the floor. And I landed on his ass and didn't hit his kidneys or anything like that. That's good. That's the, that's the positive. He didn't hit his head or anything like that, but became very concerned later on in the, in the night or later on that day that they decided to take him to the emergency room. So they took him to the emergency room and found out that he was severely dehydrated, uh-huh. which isn't good for the new kidney either. So they put him in, they admitted him in the hospital. Got everything back the way it's supposed to be. Um, they released him yesterday afternoon. So he's home finally. Um, I haven't talked to him, so I don't know how well he's doing, but I know he was pissed that he had to stay at the hospital, but after talking to him and calming him down, he understood that was the best place for him to be. So that's the part that's kind of got me kind of down because, you know, this is something that we've all been hoping for and he got it. And now we're having to deal with the consequences and, and whatnot with, you know, him taking to all the medications he's he's on. He's on a strict medication regimen now. He's going to take medication pretty much pills pretty much all day long type of thing. Mm-hmm. So they just think that maybe he'd taken too much of the Lasix, which is the water pill. It's supposed to have him go to the bathroom. By doing that, it kind of drained him of his fluids and whatnot. So, but he's home. I'll probably talk to him tomorrow. Nice. So that'd be. That'd be pretty nice. So the thing that's got me really stoked is I talked to my mom today and she had surgery for cataracts last week, last Tuesday. So it's been over a week. She, when she originally went in 
to the doctor just before her surgery, her eyesight was 2,400. So she was literally blind in one eye. So she went into the doctors today and they checked her eye again and she's now 2,100. Nice. Oh. So she actually said she, when they asked her to read the chart the first time, you guys know the eye chart, got that mm-hmm. big ass letter at the top. She couldn't read that letter with her, with her one eye. That's how bad her eye was. She told me today when I was talking to her that she was able to read six lines down. Nice. From wow. the top all the wow. way down. So, so she's, she's very happy about that. So they, they held, they're going to hold off on doing her other eye for at least another couple of weeks. And then hopefully at that point she'll be able to drive, which has been the thing that she's really kind of missed the most is not being able to drive. And pretty much not being able to go anywhere without anybody because you kind of have to hold on to her right get her to where you want it where she wants to go so if, if, I, if i go to the casino with her i gotta take her to the machine that she wants to go to and leave her there and then she can kind of find her way around at that point because she kind of knows where the machines are she does how often she's gone there but you can still see her walking around and she's just walking around like you're like what well, if you're sitting at a machine or, or me I, I play at the table sometimes you can't just get up and leave if the if the if the, if the card game isn't in, in going on. You can't just walk walk away. Right. So then you got to try to wave her down and all that stuff. So now she'll be able to see people and stuff like that. So that's that's pretty cool. I'm, I'm very happy for her about that. She's been really looking forward to this. I mean, she was having some issues with her blood sugar. I mentioned it a couple of times when they were talking about doing the surgery before. So but she's really happy that she's able to now see better with, the, with the, just the one eye for now. But it is it's a lot better than she has been. So I'm very happy for that. So Nice. Very good. Yeah. That's good news. Yeah, that's cool. Great job, Corbs. That's really good news to hear. All right, Jack. We're going to give you another shot. <laughs> Hit it again, oh, buddy. Am I frozen? Before your computer goes to, goes to shit. Yeah, no shit. As I was saying, though, but back to what he was saying, it is a great season for sure. Even no spoilers, but it, they kicked it up a notch. The opening sequence, it's like an 80s type feel with the pixelated a little bit, but um, it's very well done. And um, you saw it in the trailer. Um, get ready for Robert England's uh, part. That's all I'll say. Um, you, you haven't got there yet, right? No, no, I did. Okay. I did. Oh, oh, did you get to yes. Robert England's part? Oh, yeah. But you said you only watched the first episode. No, I said he had one to go. Oh, okay. You know, you know, I I was expecting more. It was good, yeah. But I I was expecting more from it. Um, In fact, my wife afterwards, she's like, "That was Robert England." Oh, weird. Yes, uh, but um, Kev will only get this reference. Kev, when you watch Stranger Things, wait till you see young Robert England. I want you to tell me who that actor is. That's all I'm going to say. Kev will know who it is. You guys probably won't. um that's all i'll say um do you want to say what's got me geeked or do you yeah. want to uh, star wars celebration <laughs> <laughs> um there's so much to talk about like i would literally take up two hours of your podcast but um i'll just start with the um what um there's just so much stuff like the, the, like like i like what i went to celebration for as you guys know i sent you guys the pictures um we'll start with that segment because there's just so much to talk about but um Meeting Anthony Daniels, Carl Weathers, and Hugh McGregor. We'll start there. Uh, you have to wait in line, of course, for the pictures. Not going to lie. We'll go in order uh, from least to best. Uh, Anthony Daniels was, no offense, 
Anthony Downs, watch the podcast. You're cool, but you're a dick. <laughs> really? Yeah. So like um literally um you go behind the curtain, you get the picture, and then you move on and all that stuff. So as you guys saw in the pictures, Paul, I give you permission to post them on the website if you want. Um, like literally, I like my buddy was on a side, then it's the celebrity, then it's my buddy. For this, Anthony Daniels is like this the whole time. He's nudging me in the stomach. And literally, I was like, I like, okay, next. I'm like, I didn't get to say anything. So it literally was Anthony Daniels poses and then he's done. Yes, the guy is 72, 73. He's up there in age and he's not a spring chicken anymore. I did get to see the panel IMC3PO. That was awesome. Um, that was really cool to see. But um, I'm not gonna lie. He was just, yes, he's getting older. Like Paul said, like, he's like, fuck, he's getting old. So yes, he's getting old. So that's fine. Number two, Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor was phenomenal to me. Yes, it was a $300 picture, split 100, um, $150 a piece, uh, but he put his arm around me. You can see I got all up in there like baby bird, but I just nestled right in there. My friend literally was literally like he had his arm out to him and Ewan McGregor was trying to hold him. And my friend literally was like in left field. Ewan McGregor, like he was the nicest guy. I was like, I really appreciate your work. He smiles and winks at you. We were talking for a couple minutes. He asked me why I'm a Star Wars fan. I was just like, just the family aspect of it. He's like, I really appreciate it. Thanks for coming out. Yes, he's paid to say it, but I don't know if he's a dick offset, but he was the nicest guy I've ever met. So he was really, really cool to meet. He's, but, paid, to not, he's paid to not talk to you, actually. Yeah. He, what we were what, he's, what he's paid for is to move you in and out as, very quick, as quickly as right. possible. I was like, yeah. I love you as Obi-Wan Kenobi, but my personal favorite is um, Big Fish. And he's like, that's one of my favorite movies, too. I doubt he's, he's just probably humoring me. I don't give a shit. But, but I felt literally, I, Kev can attest to this. We walked 30 plus miles in four days. After getting the picture with you and McGregor, I was like a little girl, like, but I was like, oh my God. But like, I was so geeking out hardcore. But the best picture, Carl fucking Weathers, Apollo Creed, um, the Predator. Like he was the coolest guy you meet. Like I, I'm wearing my Eagles hat all convention. And I was like Apollo Creed in the flesh. And he's like, oh, I'm flattered. I'm flattered. And then my friend was like, oh, you look fly. And he, my friend, and he, Carl's like, I look good for you guys. And Carl literally was like, come on, guys, get in. Let's take a good picture right now. So like Carl Weathers was really cool to me. We got to talk to him for a couple minutes. We talked about his directing. Uh, we talked about like what he was doing at the convention because Corbs can knows this because Carl Weathers is a fucking football player. He's, yep. he's a, he, he is an awesome guy. Like he's not a Star Wars fanboy though. He now is the past 10 years. He like, he's a director on Mandalorian, but like, he does other projects, but he's like, he's genuinely, he's like, he's like, look at all these fans out here. Yes, you got Pedro Pascal probably, but like, and you got Anthony Daniels, you got like all these celebrities, but you got Carl Weathers that literally is from left field that now is brought into the Star Wars universe. And he was just the nicest guy you meet. So like, yes, the lines for pictures could be long, but there's so much to do at Celebration. But that's why I went to Celebration. That's not why I went to Celebration, but like, that was one of the things I wanted to do at Celebration. So there's so much to talk about, but the pictures really got me geeked this week. Awesome. Kev, are you going to continue the theme? I'll tell you one story. So what's got me geeked is the Star Wars, is the Celebration Afterglow. You know, I, I'm still, I'm still in that, you know, awe-inspired kind of a 
I can't believe I went through this. I can't believe I had the experiences I did. I did not pay for any autographs or photographs. Um, I did not know what the experience was going to be. I didn't know if they were going to have the partitions. As it turned out, almost nobody did. Um, all the pictures I saw were all very close or um, the actor that played Palpatine, he was the one I did see that kind of separated himself uh, from folks. Um, he's, he's a bit older, so that kind of makes a lot of sense. Um, but Ian rather McCarman. than, okay, rather than talk about everybody else's experience, I'm going to talk, I'm going to tell you about the one thing that happened to me and this, <laughs> and I'm probably going to get a little emotional. So wow, real emotional. Yeah, oh, dude, <laughs> I went to celebration for my buddy and it worked out for me. Huh? I can't even bust his balls about this. This is touching. Kev, this is awesome. <laughs> it's okay. Do you need me to throw it to commercial early? So we were hanging out. You know, we went, we went, we went to Disney on Wednesday. The whole plan was get there early, go to Disney, have a great time, build our lightsabers. See Batu, you know, just have a great time and just enjoy it. In line to go in at fucking seven o'clock in the morning, eight o'clock, whatever the fuck it was, we meet these two guys. Mike, and I, I forget his last name right now. I'm friends with him on Facebook now. Mike and his buddy, and, and Mike lives in the area and he's got a lifetime pass or yearly pass, whatever he does, goes all the time, meets people in line all the time, just takes them around. And just shows them all this great stuff in Disney. Just gives them a great time. And his buddy the first time, so he was there with him to show him around. We get talking in line, and I'm just like, can we follow you around? Is it okay? Oh, sure, no problem. He shows us every nook and cranny of Batu. He shows us secrets. He shows us things that only people in the know understand, like the hidden Mickey Mouses, the hidden Donald Ducks. He shows us the magic pictures with the people taking photos. He shows us all this phenomenal stuff. He teaches us how to get in line ahead of time by, you know, reserving different, your place in line. Talks about, you know, the lightning lane and all this other stuff. We learn all this great stuff from him. He recorded our building our lightsabers, okay? And he put live streams on Facebook. He's got a webpage uh, Star Wars celebration, and now and they change it every year with the with the with the latest or the next years. Like now it says 2023, so they're talking about 2023. He's got 36,000 members on it. You know, we've oh. joked to them. He had 35,002 after Rob and I joined. Um, while we're with them, he's like, "Oh, you guys, you're coming to the party, right?" We're like, "What party?" He goes, "Well, if you're on the web page, you see there's a party tonight at um, uh, Biggs." bar cantina whatever it is in uh fullerton or wherever the hell it was didn't didn't care it was seven or so miles away from uh where we were staying we're like oh yeah 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 and he's and he's on his phone and he's showing me well this is where it's going to be this is you know this is what's going on and i see a picture on his phone and so i don't know if i've ever talked on this podcast before but there's one character that really stands out to me in the mandalorian and that was quill um, and it was because, you know, this is a character that's 
worked his way through, you know, two lifetimes of servitude to the empire, finally gotten his freedom, and now lives, you know, in a, in a secluded place. And who does he happen to meet? The, you know, Din Djarin, the Mandalorian. Instead of just brushing him off, he's like, look, I'm going to help you out because you're going to help me out. To me, in season one, all, all the way through season one and season two, Quill represents a major turning point in Din Djarin's attitude and outlook on life. Because of what he did for him and how selfless he was throughout the entire lifespan that we saw of you know, this Ugnaught. Otherwise, a very unremarkable character um, that, you know, could have passed through and most people probably didn't even give a shit about. But it meant a lot to me. So then I find out that Misty Rosas is the actress that um, that did the live action acting, acting for Queel. And she also did it for the Frog League. So Kathy, my wife, got me a picture, not uh, a year or so ago for Christmas or my birthday. I, I really should know which one it was. And it was um, it was a picture of Quill that Misty Rosas had signed. So I have that in the other room. Um, really great. I took a picture of it, posted it on Instagram. Misty replied to me. You know, I tagged her in the in the in the in the whatever, and she replied. Just a just a phenomenal woman. She just she replies to everybody. She's just very very nice. Um. Kathy replied to her, and I think Misty like liked her comment or whatever. Like Kathy just said, thank you very much for replying to him. It made his day. And it really did. It really made my day. So now, so now I know who this actress is. I also have a little taste of how nice she is. So now I'm like, okay, okay, she's cool. She's great. I think you probably can guess what I saw on Mike's phone. It's a picture of Misty Rosas going to be at that party. Wednesday night. Rob and I go to the party. And that's exactly why we were not on the podcast last Wednesday, because we were at that party. I literally sat eight feet away from her. I have a video of her doing karaoke. She walked by to go to the bathroom. She walks back. Rob stops her. Hey, can you take a picture of my buddy? He's a big fan. She stops, puts her arm around me to get a nice picture. I get a chance to go over and talk to her later on. I'm like, hey, this is great. You know, I'm, uh, nice to meet you. I just think your, you know, your portrayal was fantastic. I like the character. Uh, meant a lot to me. You know, she's thank you, thank you. You know, smiling, very happy. Just, just happy to be there. So that was just a small taste. I mean, that was, to me, that was just phenomenally huge. Just mind-blowingly huge. Because I just never would have expected anything like that. There's a little bit more to this. There's a little bit more to this and I'll feed you just to the, the front end of this. Um, so we got in, we got into, let's see, was it Wednesday night? Yeah, it was Wednesday night before we went to the party. We went over and got our, did our health check for the, for the show. You know, you have to do your health check and check in whatever. And Rob, uh, my buddy Rob uh, has a prosthetic leg. So we got his ADA stickers and I'm his plus one. So I got an ADA, ADA sticker. So it helped us, uh, helped him not have to wait in a line very long. And so I benefited by that also. So that was real quick. So we were over at the Marriott. We're like, and I'm like, we're getting ready to leave. I'm like, nah, let's, let's hit the bar. Okay. 
<laughs> so we're drinking, whatever, and we meet this couple. Oh my God, the most amazing people. And this is, this is the theme for the entire celebration. Everybody is fucking amazing. This couple, both members of the 501st, and if you don't know who the 501st are, they're, um, they're uh, cosplay actors that are typically um, dressed as stormtroopers, but they include a lot of other things now. They're, you know, Darth Vader, and there's um, Darth Sidious. There's all the different kinds of troopers. There's, there's uh, TIE fighter pilots, and, uh, shore troopers. There's, there's everything, everything you can think of. Um, so... We meet these two and, you know, we start talking to them and I start telling them about today's, you know, today's story and, you know, how great I feel about that and how we're going to meet her and whatever. Or I, I want to meet her, you know, I want to meet her. At that point, I hadn't met her yet. And I thought it'd be really great. And I, and I tell them all, probably got a little emotional. Um, and uh, the wife, Giselle, was like, wow, you know, I really hope you meet her. And, you know, they were just, they were just so nice. You know, they were just open and friendly and, you know, we're going to be doing this and that, stop by our booth and, and whatever, and, you know, see us. I ended up seeing those guys a couple times. I saw her again after the party. I got a chance to tell her that I saw Misty. She was so happy for me. She was just like over the moon happy. So I didn't pay for any photographs. I didn't pay for any autographs, but I got, I got to meet someone that I really think a lot about. And that was celebration to me. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. I think that's the what's got you geeked. He wins that award this season. Oh, oh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and hey, look, now I'm not the only one that's cried on the podcast. So. That's right. That, that's an elite club. Yeah, but this is the first time we've seen it on video. You you had to describe it for the audience <laughs> back then. Um, yeah. <clears throat> So mine, uh, mine's real quick. What's got me geeked is the fact that uh, GeekPod is doing our first uh, live appearance at a con this weekend, uh, Sunday the 5th. At least Jack and I will be, I, I can't speak for everybody, um, <clears throat> at the Syracuse CNY Comic and Toy <laughs> Fan Con Best Ever One Day Show. One Day Show. <sighs> uh, it's, uh, it's, it's uh, Ramada by Wyndham, formerly the uh, Holiday Inn Electronics Parkway. Um <clears throat> 11 to 5 on Sunday. We will be there till 4 o'clock. We have prior engagements. Um, admission, $5 a person or a total of $15 if it's your whole family. Uh, vendors, guests, and fun will be there hanging out and debuting. Um, a new thing we're going to try and do at our, our live things, Gaming with Geeks. Uh, stop by, say hi, play a tabletop game with us. Uh, most likely, Jack will probably do some weird, awkward split thing that he does, and hopefully we'll get it on camera. <laughs> So promises. <laughs> right. Oh, we, we we still need the other half of the asylum story too from Jack. Yes, we will get that, but not right now. Now it's time for Kev's tabletop review. <laughs> pretty funny stuff okay so 
This week's is going to be a little bit different. As you can imagine, it's probably going to be celebration related. And as a matter of fact, it is. Um, so I mentioned earlier that uh, my buddy and I went and built our own lightsabers. So yeah, okay, those are toys or collectibles or whatever you want to call them. Um, but there's there's something else that goes along with the lightsabers that you could actually call kind of a game. When you get done with your lightsabers, or if you want to buy a legacy saber, you go over to Doc, Doc Andors or Andor? Andars, I believe. Andars? Okay. So you go over next door and a little store and you walk in and they have more lightsabers. They have the, you know, um, like my, my buddy Rob wanted the uh, Cal Kestis lightsaber and it's frequently out of stock. They had it in stock. He knew it was in stock. And, and so he went, before he even built his own lightsaber, he went and bought a Cal Kestis lightsaber. So he had it. No questions asked. Good to go. Did not buy two of them because that's the one that you can actually buy two of them, take the end caps off, and you can, and there's a connector and they can actually connect them together because apparently his master uh, had a double ended lightsaber, but it got cut in half, part of the story, whatever. That's how Cal ends up, ends up with it. Um, so they had a saber in there that I wanted also. Actually, they didn't have the exact one I wanted, but they had one that I ended up buying. But after we built our lightsabers and went back to Doc Ondor's and I played a game. Now I mentioned this game to Paul earlier today. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's going to mind if I actually play the game here with you all. Oh, nice. So I'm going to show you something and then I'm going to tell you what it is. So what this is, is a red Kyber crystal. Well, it might be a red kyber crystal. What this is, is a trans, it's a, it's a, uh, it was a translucent shell originally, um, but they have since made it so that you cannot see any light through it. The game that is involved with this is that you get handed a bowl full of these and you pick the one or the multiples that you want, trying to get a dark crystal or a black crystal. Most of these, in fact, 99 out of 100 of these contain a red crystal. And I opened this one and I'll show you how it works. I'll lose that top. Sure enough, I open it up and inside of it is a red kyber crystal. Now, kyber crystals are those things that Jedi go in search of um, when it's time for them to build their lightsabers. It helps them focus their power and it creates the, um, the blade of the lightsaber after they build it. This goes inside the saber. So this is actually in a neat little container. It's got a little, little hook in the top so you can wear it around your neck and, and, and do whatever. So I, I, carried, I carried this around, actually this one and this one, which still has the plastic on it. I carried them both around with me throughout the entire celebration. Oh, I want to show you something. So on this other one that I have open, there was a thing that was going on originally where these weren't dark enough so people could hold them up to the light and if they saw a difference they would know that it was not a red crystal but a black crystal so what they did was they went back and they put this black paper inside so that you could no longer do that and they also gave someone the express job of handling that um uh that bowl so that they could tell you the story and they could encourage you to buy them mm -hmm. okay so so here we have my second crystal. 
and I have my knife here. I'm going to open up this plastic. I have to be careful because I don't want to damage the container. I already told my buddy Rob that I was going to do this on the show, so he's okay with it. Or at least with Paul. I didn't. I didn't know until earlier today that I was going to do it on the show. I thought it'd be nice, nice to share with everyone. Sharing, sharing. So, yep. So here comes the plastic. All the plastic's coming off. Now they're sealed on both ends to make sure that it can't possibly come apart. But here we go. Hold on. Let me get rid of the plastic so it's not flying around. I got my fan going. Okay, here we go. So I'm going to twist the top off. I'm not going to look at it. There goes the top. It's probably a red crystal, right? 99 out of 100 are red crystals. Okay. Now, I have no use for a red crystal because I didn't pick that path. That was not the path that I chose to build my lightsaber on. I chose the path of, uh, you know, bright and light um so that i could you know of course build a a jedi lightsaber you know like all the all the jedi that came before me so here we go let's let's play the game and let's see all together a little bit of a plastic top thing there get that out. a little plastic piece comes out of the top here we go it's gonna come out it's loose and right Almost sure, almost as surely it was going to be red, but that's okay. The really neat thing is, I don't know how they do it, but all the crystals seem to have their own unique shape. Now, nice. there's probably what, you know, 10, 10, 15, 20 different molds, whatever they do, and they do the different colors to make it feel like your crystals aren't the same shape, which is really cool. You know, it just gives you that extra feeling like you're in, you know, in the world, in the universe. And I got to tell you, the entire time, see, it doesn't even bother me that it's not black because the whole experience, being there, building the saber, experiencing Batu, and, and if you understand anything about Disney, if you know what Walt did with um, uh, Disney, Disneyland is in uh, California. If you know what he did with it, you know that every single one of the worlds is built so that when you're in it, you are completely encapsulated in it. You don't see any of the other worlds. And that is exactly what it felt like to be in Batu. One of the other things that Giselle, uh, the couple there in the 501st, one of the other things that she had said to me was that she would love to just go and hang out in Batu all day and sit by the Millennium Falcon. When you walk into Batu, you walk through those, this tunnel, you know, it changes from, what is it, Frontierland to, to uh, Batu, um, which is Galaxy's Edge. And I don't know if you know, some, some people might not know that it's the same thing. You walk around that corner and there it is, the Millennium Falcon just sitting there. And I know I had that big, dumb, stupid look on my face that every other freaking idiot does that walks through there. And she said that she would just love to sit there and just take pictures. And that, that, would be an absolute riot just to see people's faces the whole experience somebody somebody said to me might have been you paul earlier it's like oh this or you know was this expensive or that oh we were talking about the um the cokes the uh yes. thermal detonator cokes and you said you couldn't get one because they were expensive or whatever couldn't justify it yeah 
I don't remember looking at the price tag of anything for five days. Wow. You know, that, that whole idea that it's supposed to be immersive um, actually is um, part of the, the Disney creed. Uh, we just recently at my work um, paid to do a, a Disney training in customer service. And I, I, prob I, mean, I think I can say that. I'm not going to give any, any details about the training um, that they offer because you might not know this. They offer trainings in customer service and all sorts of things to companies all over the world. Um, they're like one of the premier, it's one of the premier online training things. But yeah, the one that they talked about the origins of Disney and how they, how they prioritize things and the experience and making sure that it's unbroken, like it becomes reality is a, has been a super high priority for them from the beginning. And I was really shocked to see that it, it's not, it's not like, like you would expect like a six flags or whatever their priority is, you know, money and making sure people don't die and shit like that. But on their priority list, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, health and safety is first experience is second. And uh, they, they have a, a list of like five different things. Like when, when they run into an issue, they judge it based on this five thing rubric to decide what to do. And I was like, wow, you know, they're, they're always looking to make sure the experience is broken. Nice. And I believe it just from my observations when we were down there. You feel it. Yeah. I mean, you really do. You, uh, like I said, I, I went to, to hang out with my buddy and, and to make sure he didn't have to go alone. I, I like the idea. I've always liked Star Wars. I, I've always been a fan. Never missed a movie or a show, you know, a show or a series or story or whatever. I little lax on reading the books. Um, and, That's and a I lot. Would, That's why. I, I would also suggest if you're not reading the books, don't. I'm not going to say go read all the books. Read the book about the two, mm -hmm. because it'll give you a lot of insight about that part of the story and how it fits into the rest of the universe. If you're going to go and you're going to immerse yourself, you might as well pick up on that. And I'm sorry I didn't, but I'm definitely going to. Um, and it was just, it was just the greatest experience. It was, it was amazing. You know, and I didn't forget where I was, but for a few minutes, I got to feel like I was in a story that I've been a part of since I was eight years old. Those four days and Kev can relate, like we just went by so fast. Um, you're in line at 7 a.m. and then you get back to your hotel probably it closes at like seven but like you get back at nine ten o'clock at night but those four days just flew by like you're there with um, fans just like you and you're just having a blast and all that um, and the, the reason I'm wearing my lanyard right now and one of the things I did was I was um, a pin trader they call it <laughs> so I decided to be a pin trader so I have all these different pins on now and um, I won some from contests, trivia contests. Of course, I went to the store. I got into the store, and yes, they're expensive. Like I paid sixty dollars for seven pins. Yes, but they're but they're limited edition. Like they're heavy. Paul, I'll bring this on Sunday. I'll show you. But like all these certain things, like like but like I won a trivia contest. I got a Han Solo pin. Nice. But like somebody like but Plo uh -huh. Koon, I have Plo Koon. Um, like but I have all different types of pins. There was a guy there. He had to be probably 70 years old. He's like, I don't want this pin. You can just take it. I'm like, I have one of the rarest pins. I'm like, zoink. <laughs> so I'm like, I'll take that. But like, literally there's a guy there, this guy, I forget his name, but I compare him to Watto because he was like a big fat Watto. And he was a, he called himself the pen pimp. That's what he called himself. <laughs> pen pimp. And so like, I was, he was like, 
give me $40. And I'll, I wanted the Caden, Caden Jarris pen. I never got it, but he's like, well, give me $40. It's yours. I'm like, no, I'll give you a Chewbacca and this for $10. He's like, oh no, I'm not doing that. But like, but I got an R2D2 for a stormtrooper one, but like you're making all sorts of trades, but like, I'm a very outgoing person, but the first day I was a little hesitant because you don't know who they are, but literally you can go up to people, just dead eye them and say, I just want to see your pins and they'll show you their pins and you can start, oh, yeah. you can start trading pins. So like I come back and my buddy has just one uh, pin on. He's like, I come back with five. I come back with seven. I have fucking 18 pins on this lanyard, but like I, it was just one of the best experiences. Like every night before I went to bed, I just like put position the pins in different locations because I wanted my pins to look uh, good for the next day. So I turned into a pen, a pen pimp as well during the day. There were vendors on the vendor floor selling pins. Uh, I want to say one of them I saw was about a hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah. I did not spy that. That was ridiculous. You're right. It was a rare pin from a celebration past, is all I know. I know. Wow. It's a big deal. The pins are, you know, oh, yeah. hundred dollar pins, man. I mean, are, yeah. One of them I have is I know worth $80, but I'm not going to, like, I'll probably wear this to the next celebration. So we'll see what Going happens. to Europe, are you? April 7th to the 10th. I have Geek Pod send me. <laughs> the Geek Pod will find it. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I do. Okay, Jack, go. That's what you're going to get right. from us. Yep. <laughs> We did get a new listener, though. I was telling people about GeekPod when I was there, so I did tell about 20 people, and Paul said we did get a new listener. So, Well, I don't know if they're a listener, but they definitely like the page. Okay, we're trying. <laughs> but um, lots of activity on Facebook. I mean, it was like 75 people are on the page or something like that. Oh, yeah. But we have all sorts of stories, and this could be for another segment, and Kev probably knows what this is. <laughs> Frosted Flakes? Uh-huh. Is that what that says? <laughs> Frosted Flakes and... Oh, that was the giveaway. Someone, One of you guys was talking about getting cereal. That's right. I may have done something to get that. Let's just go from there. I can mention that if you want. So. Did you touch him in a special place? I mean, he may have touched me in a special place. You so. <laughs> <laughs> better hide, hide the lightsaber. <laughs> There's boxes of that cereal on eBay right now for over $200. Jesus. I have the Pringles, too. Yeah. I but I, they're all wrapped up. I probably could sell this, but um, yeah, I I won a trivia contest um for the opening night, and I I won that. They brought ten people on stage, and then I won the trivia contest out of ten people. So nice. at the world nice. premiere of Kenobi. So yeah, I won the trivia contest. Well, the the one thing you're not telling Jack is that all the losers got the same thing. <laughs> well, yeah, they did. Yeah, well, they got the Pringles. They didn't get the cereal, but yes, you were absolutely. Oh, right. really? Yeah. So on our on the main stage where we were um they brought up eight or ten people whatever it was all the losers as they lost they were given a bag that had pringles and cereal in it as they walked off the stage so everybody got the same prize and then they walked around they gave away all the rest of the cereal and the pringles yes like everybody in my row like got the prize too they were all like applauding me i was like for a minute they're like they're like everybody in your row you get it but like i got but my but i won the trivia contest it was pretty cool but like you said like everybody won it but just seeing the cell seeing kenobi that two night premiere so like that was pretty impressive and we didn't have to go back to our hotel so what they said was the pringles that's it what was there that night that's it there will never be any more they did not say that about the cereal though so i don't know what's going on with that now i don't i don't know if it you guys probably haven't seen it i don't know if jack's uh, box would show this very well but on the box there's a light side and a dark side 
and they're actually described the serial differently. So what we don't know, and I'm certainly not willing to find out, is if there's two different bags of cereal inside the box. I'm not sure. I'll send a picture to uh, um, our group and show you guys, but it's impressive though. Like, yeah, but like you said, everybody won that, but like I didn't on the celebration stage, but on the galaxy stage and twin sun stage, I went up on both stages. I did a dance contest in one of them. So <laughs> it, it was so like, but like I, they want hype people. And so as you know, guys, I'm not the shyest person. So they bring people on stage. So for this one, it was on the galaxy stage. So the first night I won a trivia contest, win this. So this time I actually won a dance contest and literally um, there's Hound Dog. There's all these um, all cool songs, and, but like rock songs. But what does Jack get? He gets Let It Go from Frozen. <laughs> so literally I look, the guy next to me is wearing Obi-Wan Kenobi. I was like, can I wear your cloak? And um, he lets me wear his cloak. And I look at the guy next to me. He's the other guy. He's Luke Skywalker from Return of the Jedi. So I literally look at him. I was like, sir, can I borrow your lightsaber? He let me borrow his lightsaber. So like literally uh, I'm improving all this. So I was like, I, I get on one knee. He knights me. <laughs> so and then I literally get up on stage. I make my feet go fast. I do this foot fire thing. I don't know if I showed you guys. But then I just start twirling the, the lightsaber. I'm like, let it go. And I'm like twirling it in the air. I'm like, let it go. <laughs> let it, because I'm, but it was just so funny though. So, but like, I don't get embarrassed. So like, I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. But you think you would win more Pringles and cereal? You win a fucking sticker. <laughs> I got nothing. But um, the girl that was um hosting, oh my God. Did you see her Kev on Galaxy stage? That blonde, she was gorgeous. No, I never did make it the galaxy stage. But yeah, like, uh, but like, not on celebration stage. But like, I went to celebration stage for other things. That's another thing. But like, galaxy and twin suns. Um, I did win a trivia contest. So, but actually, I lied a little bit for the trivia contest because they said mention um an, mention TV shows, and I said uh Kobe Obi Wan Kenobi shorts, and everyone's like, yeah, that's right. I'm like, no, it's not. But okay, <laughs> <laughs> it works. But if you didn't know it, they would scream nerf herder for people. But it was kind of fun, though. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Sounds like you had a blast. Oh, absolutely. I have definitely more. But yeah, that was definitely that a lot of fun. Like going on stage, rejuvenating. I've only been out, out to Los Angeles three times. And I've been on three different stages in public. So and those Galaxy and Twin Sun stage probably had like 500 people in them. And Jack did not get embarrassed. Outstanding. Good for wow. you. Did you get low when the whistle blows, Jack? What's up? <laughs> no, you can say it. Go ahead. I said, did you get low when the whistle blows? I Yeah. <laughs> I like that for a title, low when the whistle blows. No, I didn't. Well, <laughs> I could have been worse. I mean, you got let it go. It could You could have gotten Y-Wing CA. Yeah. No, but like I literally, as soon as let it go happens, I was like, fucking a why do i get this one like i wanted like something like like literally the guy that had the green lightsaber he i asked him when i was using it, i was like thank you for letting me use your lightsaber he's like yeah i paid a thousand dollars for it i'm like holy fuck why am i wielding it then don't want to i don't want to break it wow holy fuck this guy literally he looked like um luke skywalker from return of the jedi but like i had the ob i'm wearing like this outfit jeans and a star wars t-shirt and a hat and but like i'm wearing an obi-wan kenobi cloak throw that off 
And then I started um, the, with the green lightsaber when I'm getting knighted. And like the girl on stage, she's like, oh, we got a professional. I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> you got Jack. <laughs> you know, I just looked it up. I can't believe that hasn't been done. We need to do that. What? Why wing CA with lightsabers and everything in costume. That has Why to be done. CA. Why wing CA. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so many things though. <laughs> But yeah, like being collecting these pens, going to those stages, and but that was great. Um, I I was very jealous the moment you guys started rolling in updates to us. I was just like, before that, I was like, I wouldn't spend this kind of money to go to this. And Kevin, you can oh. attest to this. I was already like, so next time it's on the East Coast. <laughs> I don't I don't know if I would go again because. I don't know. You've experienced for, it now. Like, it won't be the same. I think. I think it would be great because it was the people that I met. You know, going out, going into the panels and seeing all that stuff, being the first one to see some stuff. You know, that's that's great. That's fun. It's exciting. You're there. The surprise, the exhilaration, being let in on secrets. Everybody loves that. I mean, are you kidding me? You're gonna tell me a secret? I don't give a fuck if it's truth or a lie. I'm, eat it i'll eat it right up but the people the people i met are the that's what's going to stick with me you know i mean i was one of the very few people rob and i were were two of very few people that were not part of the 501st that were at their assembly on the roof to get pictures with them nice of them are you fucking kidding me? I think we've had an, an experience, not not as intense as that, but kind of like that, Paul. I know what he's talking about. Yeah, it's just, you it's don't know people. what I'm talking about? Not at the moment. Are you talking um, about the VIP party? Yes. Okay. Well, who'd you guys meet? Uh, I think for me, it was more... He's really thinking through my eyes more than anything on that one because that's that was the first time I got to meet Brian O'Halloran and Ming Chen. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, and, yeah, 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 yeah. And it was because we got invited to the VIP party for Nickel City Con. Right. You didn't pay to meet him. You just met him right. as normal we, people. And it's like we hung out with well, I sort of got shoved onto a couch with Brian O'Halloran. Thank you, Hugh. <laughs> that was funny. And I don't mean to derail the, the celebration stuff, but we're literally hanging out like steps away because i was totally intimidated by the whole thing and hugh got fed up with it walks over and says excuse me brian is that seat taken and uh brian goes no no it's good and like hugh literally like grabs me by the collar and spins me onto the couch next to him yeah you definitely you definitely can't let yourself get tongue-tied i mean there were so many times that rob wanted to say something to somebody and he didn't you know and i could see that and we would just sit down or we would, you know, walk, I would just walk up to people and just start talking to them. I'll tell you one more story later on. Um, okay. and I'll find Excuse a good me. place to, to tell you this other story. And it's, it is indicative of the kind of people that attend these things. And I think I got more out of that than I nice. anything else. Outstanding. All right. Um, what do you say we uh, throw it to break? We'll come back and do our uh, our news, and then I'm thinking uh, third segment. 
of the show. We'll we'll circle right back around to uh, celebration. What do you say, guys? Sounds good. All right, stick with us, guys. We'll be right back. annual sci-fi horror fest is coming with an all-new location new guests and all the same fun charm and camaraderie that you've come to know and love sci-fi horror fest has a new home for 2022 at the vernon downs casino and hotel in vernon new york sci-fi horror fest will be held on august 26th and 27th sci-fi horror fest is a family-friendly event featuring fun activities vendors and a media area with an eclectic group of podcast personalities Exciting celebrity guest appearances will be announced soon. For more information and to purchase tickets, go to www.sci-fi-horrorfest.com. Sci-Fi Horror Fest is currently looking for volunteers. This is your chance to be a part of the fun. Please note, details of the event are subject to change due to any lasting issues due to COVID-19. Looking for the hottest new comic on the shelf or a keyback issue to complete your run? How about that rare statue or action figure that you've scoured the internet looking for? Come to Collectibles Galore, located in North Syracuse with ample off-street parking. Collectibles Galore has a huge selection of comics, toys, and rare pop culture items you won't find anywhere else. Comics Galore is always buying comics and toys and will give you the fairest price for your collection. New customers get 15% off their first purchase in-store. Collectibles Galore for all of your pop culture needs. Stop in and see for yourself why Collectibles Galore is the king of comics. before you no show a fan event then book a plane ticket out of vegas to make it look like you aren't showing up to a contractually obligated pay-per-view event because you aren't happy with the contract you signed because telling your potential new boss you're willing to no show if you aren't catered to is the best way to get ahead in life and we all know that here's the news first up brought to you by moron star farms QAnon friend and living garbage pal kid Marjorie Taylor Greene has been making some very strange claims online this week. She began by railing against government surveillance. She said they want to know if you're eating a cheeseburger, which is very bad because Bill Gates wants you to eat his fake meat, which grows in a peach tree dish, Greene said. So you'll probably get a little zap inside your body that's saying, no, no, don't eat a real cheeseburger. You need to eat the fake burger. The fake meat from Bill Gates. They probably also want to know when you go to the bathroom and if your bowel movements are on time or or consistent. It didn't even need to embellish there. That was the actual quote. People actually voted to reinstate this woman a week ago. A week. This is not an outlier. We are all doomed. She followed that up later in the week with comments on gender. She said, just generation, generation. Probably in four or five generations, no one will be straight anymore. Everyone will be either gay or trans or non-conforming or whatever the list of 50 or 60 different options there are. Um, Grammar aside, 
The government's shady. I get it. I really do. But fake meat hurts the meat industry. Green energy hurts the oil industry. And if our government is anything, it is in a disgusting three-way with both of those industries. The oil industry is getting sloppy ahead while the meat industry packs America from behind. If anything, they play at these hot-button topics to pander to left-leaning voters with no intent to actually change anything. They don't care about your poop, and they really don't care about LGBTQ plus issues as progressive people tend to be pro-electric cars and fake meat. All they care about is looking like they care so they can get voted back in to maintain the status quo. But holy shit, if I made that statement, I'd be in CPEP already. Maybe she needs a few zaps or a lobotomy. Next up, oh, slaughter. Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey is an upcoming indie horror film that mixes up the 100-acre wood with the House of a Thousand Corpses. The premise is Christopher Robin has gone off to college and left Pooh and Piglet to fend for themselves. With no one to feed them, they go feral and begin killing and eating whatever comes their way, including, apparently, Eeyore. How is this possible? Winnie the Pooh has now entered public domain, so anyone can use the characters. Not the entire Pooh cast is available, as some of them, like Tigger, are still under copyright. While Blood and Honey is a fantastic use of a public domain character, this does open the door to Winnie that Blew the porn parody. That is not a must-see like Blood and Honey, but even if it's awful, I can't wait. And finally, Gotham 90210. I feel like I've used that one before. The CW have released the first trailer for their upcoming uh, coming-of-age coming Batman show, Gotham Knights. While this could be an amazing show about how the other heroes in Gotham come together after Batman's death to protect the city, this is not that show. This is a show about how Batman's son, not Damien, and the kids of some of his enemies are framed for his murder and have to go on the run from the police to try and clear their names. This is the kind of show that gets created when someone who knows nothing about a property tries to pitch a show. The trailer looks like your typical CW fair and very well could, could be entertaining in its own right. Casting Supernatural's Misha Collins as Harvey Dent looks to be the only good decision made here. While I will watch this, I don't have high hopes. Based on the trailer, this makes Grant Morrison look like Shakespeare writing Batman. This looks as if it was written by the ad executive for One Tree Hill. And that's the news, kids. I've got nothing else for you. Been a rough day. You want wisdom? Ask for extra fortune cookies. You want jokes? Google Marjorie Taylor Greene and gazpacho. No, no joke. No kidding. I can't hold your hand through this minefield of stupidity we live in. You need to learn to recognize the dumb and make fun of it yourself. As the saying goes, give a man a fish, you feed him once. But teach him to call out fucktards and dipshits with offbeat humor and he can start a podcast. Paul? In other news, the Twitter logo is named Larry the Bird. Back to you, Corbs. All right. So we're going to try something new this week, I guess. No movie review because, well, I don't feel like it. <laughs> what did he say? Yeah, don't wanna. <laughs> I don't want to do it anymore. He's on strike. <laughs> I don't like movies anymore. He gave him up. <laughs> You're playing outside, bro. Wait, I am. Not even porn? Oh. I can't give up porn. Oh, right. Yeah, but who watches a whole porn movie anyway? That's true. <laughs> That's tough. That's true. Who, who, who can sit there two hours of straight sex? I have to know what happens. Hey. So, some of the old ones actually had storylines. <laughs> 
Never mind. Never yeah, mind. And hedges that needed trimming. That's not sexy anymore. Are we talking about like Debbie Does Dallas or something like that? I don't know. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Go ahead. Yeah, I think you do. I think you're trying to get us sure you don't. Willie's Wonka. <laughs> shaving, shaving, shaving Private Ryan. Oh. <laughs> so what are you? What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna talk a little sports today, I guess. So a couple of things going on this week. Um, so right now on TV is the Capital One's The Match. Now, if anybody gives you shit about this, which I know nobody does because it's a golf match. It's a one-day charity event. Started in 2008. At the time, it was the two biggest golfers playing against each other. At the time, they had the most wins between the two of them back and forth. Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods. <clears throat> Since then, Tiger Woods has only played in two. Phil Mickelson's played in four. Not that it's a big deal. Um, a lot of like, it's just everything's for giving away to charity. They, they, the, their golf carts are all auctioned off. The money they win is all given to specific charities. So this year they tried something completely out of the fucking blue. It is an all football match. So you have jo- uh, John, Josh Allen. Patrick Mahomes versus everybody's favorite man, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Um, stay tuned for the results if you care, like I don't. So, speaking of golf, now for me, this is kind of a little more what I'm looking for this weekend. This weekend is the Women's U.S. Open. It's being played at uh, Pine Needle, which is in North Carolina. It'll it will mark the end of the career of Michelle Wee West. She has decided she is going to hang up. She's going to step away to spend time with family and business endeavors. Um, I did watch an interview with her today on the Golf Channel, and she did drop a hint that she may still play in some events going forward. So are you really stepping away, or are you just cutting back your schedule? And I get it, you know, um, being an athlete like that and being – she when she – Turned pro, she was the biggest name in golf. She was supposed to win, you know, major awards, and she's supposed to be the Tiger Woods of the Women's Golf Golf Association, and she just didn't live up to the to the hype. Um, she did win, and she won, but she's a big name. She's very popular. She's got a lot of clothing lines and golf stuff and all that stuff. So I wish her the best of luck. Um, I will be watching the, the Women's Open on, over the weekend. I said I like enjoy enjoy watching the women's golf as opposed to the men's golf because women's golf for me is more strategic. Guys golf, the guys should hit the ball 750 yards and then putt. So women have to hit to a certain spot. It's like those the style of golf that I have to play. You hit to a spot and from that spot to it's another you know, it's just link golf. And anybody who's played golf will understand what that is. If you don't understand golf, you've got no fucking clue what I'm talking about. What I got out of that is you play like a girl. I do play like a girl. I do. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, the, other, the other thing that I got, I got two other things. The one other thing I got is the NBA championship series starts on Thursday the 2nd. It's got the Golden State Warriors versus the Boston Celtics. Celtics own 
the most NBA titles in franchise history with 17. The Warriors wow. only six. This is the first they they met one time in the championship series that was in 1964, and the Celtics, led by Bill Russell, beat the San Francisco Warriors, which is on the Golden State Warriors, four to one. The Golden uh, San Francisco Warriors at the time had uh, Wilt Chamberlain as their starting center. So it was always a big thing when Wilt and Bill Russell played against each other. They were the two big names at the time. So we'll see how it goes. Um, Celtics are the second seed in the East. Warriors are the third seed in the West. The Warriors, I think they won. They swept the first two series. I think I think it was that, something like that. And they only lost one in the second round or the in the semifinals or whatever it is. So they're both in the finals. That starts on the second. Again, I don't give a shit. It's basketball. I don't really give a shit about it. But we're going to bring it up. <laughs> and I now a, I got a question about basketball just because I don't know. Okay. How do professional basketball teams get their players? Like, is there a draft? Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, there's a draft every – Jack, you can attest. You can help me with this. It's every late June. June. Late June. June late, late June, early – yeah, late June. You got so it. You got guys, like, guys from, like, the Orange Basketball – Syracuse Orange, like Buddy Bayheim. They'll, they'll all be in the draft. I mean – Stuff like that. So yeah, there's a draft, and then they they do draft or they do sign people from overseas, over in Europe, and all that stuff. There, there's a lot of guys are drafted, but some guys play in the G League, which is now like the minor leagues for the NBA, stuff like that. So and guys can skip college and go play in the G League. You don't have to. In the NBA, when you go, when you get drafted, you have to be out of high school. I think it's a year. You have to go to college for at least one year, or you have to petition the NBA to allow you to enter the draft. So the first guy that did that was Moses Malone back in the 70s. And then Mm -hmm. it was um, Kevin Garnett did it. Obviously, LeBron James has done it. Kobe Bryant has done it. Um, It's become more common for it to happen now, but a lot of guys, instead of going to college because they can't afford Either A, they can't afford it, or B, they're just too fucking stupid to go. Um, or go to the G League, or they'll go play overseas. Who's the, who's, the, who's the one that went to SU and then dropped out of college? Carmelo. Carmelo Anthony. Anthony. Anthony, okay. Yeah, he came for a year and then left after a year. They came, they won the national championship, and then he left after that. So, so when the Celtics – this is a follow-up question. So when the yeah. Celtics, or, or a team like the Celtics, win so many – Yep. Uh, awards or championships or trophies or whatever it was they won. How does that happen? Because if it's a draft, it would seem to me like they can't always get the best players. And they don't. And it, it, they don't. Now, seven. They, they won 17 awards or 17 titles, but they won, I think, seven straight in the 60s. And then they won. Then they didn't win one, and then they won another one, and then they didn't win one for two years, and then they won like four straight after that. So they won like 10 or 11 11 in like 13 years. I I might be wrong here, but I think I know where Kevin's coming from. And I think I know what you're thinking. They, they draft, but that's, were you thinking that they draft for all players, Kevin, because they get to keep the players they already have. They're only drafting for new players. Yeah. The new players, they, they, they keep their, like you have players that are signed to a certain contract. So if LeBron James is signed for three years with the Lakers, 
Every year he doesn't go back in the draft. He stays with that team for three years. You yeah. have guys. Okay. All right. That yeah. makes more sense. So when they get a good player, all they got to do is keep paying them. And then yes. they keep yeah, if they continue to pay him, he, he's going to stay. And if you're obviously, if you're winning, then obviously he's going to want to stay. Obviously now back in the fifties and the sixties, the guys didn't bounce around from team to teams like they do nowadays. Sure. Sure. So, also, because, yeah. sorry. I know this is your segment yep. too, but Kev to add to your question, What's really cool about the NBA draft, it's different than other drafts. Say um, you had one win, Corbs had two wins, and you had three wins. So it's a lottery system. So, like, you get more ping pong balls and for a lottery system. You're likely to get the top pick because you're the worst team, but it's not guaranteed you're going to get the top pick. Maybe and, and, you or Corbs is going to get picked. Go ahead, right. Corbs. And, and the reason it did that was because if there was a good player. So if LeBron James was coming out, and this is the, he was the reason why they started doing it this way, Teams were tanking. Like when they realized they weren't going to make the playoffs, they started losing games on purpose to get the first pick so that they oh, could draft him. Because oh. he, he was, when he, when he came out, he was, everybody says he's greater than, better than Michael Jordan. I think it's more of a, of an era. I think Michael Jordan's a better basketball player than LeBron James. I grew up watching Michael Jordan. I don't watch LeBron James. I don't like LeBron James. I, not that I don't like him. But he's always he's, he's everywhere. Everywhere you go, you see anything basketball, you see LeBron James. So there's always that contrast. And I also think that Larry Bird is better than some some players. He's a more natural shooter. Magic Johnson's a better passer than most guys. I grew up watching these guys. People say Steph Curry is the greatest shooter of all times. Well, I don't he may be the greatest shooter now, but is he the same as Larry Bird? It's a different era. The, it, the style of play was was different than it is now. There was a lot more physical play in the 80s, the 90s, and even the early 2000s. It was it was a lot more physical. Like you, when you went to the basket, you took your life in your own hands. And I, and Paul, I don't know if you watch basketball at all. Anything about basketball, Jack? I know you watch a little bit, but you remember the Pistons of the 80s and 90s, the bad the bad boys, the bad yes. boys. Yes, I. We can definitely debate this, but yes, the bad boy Pistons. Keep yes. going. Though. That's your. Yeah. Go ahead. They 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 had, and I watched the thing about it, um, on ESPN. Actually, I watched the Last Dance, which is about the Bulls. But they they were talking about the Pistons playing the Bulls, and they had a rule. Every time Michael Jordan went to the hole, three guys had to hit it. If he got the ball on the rim, the guys on the court guy had to come off the off the floor. So, wow. yeah, it, it, and, and it wasn't like, you you know, you tapped him. I mean, you physically attacked him, mm-hmm. like you were wrapping him around the neck, around the, the, the waist, around the leg. It didn't matter where it was. You made sure he didn't get a shot off. I'm surprised a lot more guys didn't get hurt. I'm surprised a lot more guys didn't have any career ending injuries because of this. I mean, and believe it or not, who was that dream team coach, Corbs? <laughs> it was Chuck Daly. Exactly. And <laughs> I mean, you, you're talking, he, you had, on the dream team, you had Bird, Magic, uh, Michael Jordan, Charles Barkley, Isaiah Thomas. I mean, they, all these guys were on this team. I don't think it was, oh, maybe Isaiah wasn't on the team, but he wasn't. Yeah. Well, that's another time for another time. That's, yeah. That's another, that's a whole other. So, but yeah. So that's to answer Kev's question. Yeah. There is a draft, but you do keep the players that you have under contract. You can trade players away if you wanted to and stuff like that. So you can, you can trade them if under contract, but if 
contract ones out, they're, they're what? Yeah, they're free to, they're a free agent at that point and they're okay. able to sign wherever they want to sign. But it's kind of cool too, Kev. Say you're making $10 million and I'm only making $3 million and my team is like $17 million over cap. I can't trade for you. So it's right. it's like you got to play out the money situation too. So there's a lot of uh, well, money. there's a there's a limit on how much they can spend on players. Yep, there's, there's a, a salary cap. cap. It's, it's, it's and there's a, there's a no there's one that there's a salary cap in every sport. There's a salary cap in football. Yeah. There's a salary cap in, in baseball. Now, with, well, that's good. With, with baseball and football, if you go over the salary cap, you have to pay money back to the league. So, so what I was getting at was I was just wondering if a team could actually buy championships, buy titles. Yep. That happens. They, 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 they have some to, teams have. They have to mesh together, but like it's when the Pistons beat that Lakers team, that Lakers team was stacked. Right. That Pistons team was a better team, but keep going. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's a sport. It's about, about the team that's hottest at the time. I mean, any team can beat any team at any time. Don't get me wrong. So, but that's if you, good if, though. That's that's what makes you want to watch it. Yes, exactly, exactly. Like this, this, this championship series, this basketball series should be a good series. It should be pretty even. They're two good teams. They're very evenly matched. So it'll be interesting to watch. But I, I'm just not going to. But playoff sports in general, like I was watching hockey on Sunday. Playoff sports in general, they just kick it up another notch, though. It's they just, so, it's really good. Yeah. So. All right, I got one last I got one last thing for this my sports talk, and it's it's something on the lighter side. Uh, Derek Jeter has finally joined Twitter, if you can believe that. Jeter's um, on Twitter. He was never on Twitter. I didn't know that. So he and by doing he did it by answering a tweet from 2014. It was the year he retired from baseball, and the tweet that he answered was Derek, Derek Jeter had, now has no excuses not to have a Twitter account. <laughs> and all he simply put on was to their response was, "Looks like I've officially run out of excuses." <laughs> and he joined Twitter that way. That's he awesome. was doing it to promote a documentary that's coming about coming out about him on ESPN called "The Captain." So that was kind of the reason why he joined Twitter. Um, he's only got like I was watching something on MLB Network. He's got like four followers, and like one of them is his wife. So, but. So I'm sure that uh, that number is going to blow up now. That oh, yeah. Always of there. Course so right just... now we can claim publicly we have more followers than Derek Jeter. That's true. <laughs> you should put that on our, our Twitter. That's the title Derek, of the show. Probably by the end of this podcast, we blink and it's over a million followers. <laughs> right. again, it's like three million. And then. <laughs> so that I was I was thinking about that as I was reading that article about him joining Twitter. It brings up an interesting question that I want to propose to, to the Pot, the pot here. Who would you like to see that on Twitter from the past? So we're talking about anybody who's before Twitter. George Carlin. Oh my oh, God! Yes. I just okay. watched the oh, HBO special yeah. on George Carlin. That was so good. That was really good. Uh, and Hugh, I agree with that one. I think George Carlin would be fantastic on on Twitter. And we're talking anybody, comedians. His actors. first tweet would be, "What the fuck is this bullshit?" Yep. And we have to come back yep. with the uh, seven words that you cannot say on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So. Or also the the character himself, Archie Bunker. Oh, oh my yeah. god! Yep. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> He'd be in freaking Twitter jail every other day. <laughs> yeah. Every other day. 
I guess I'll keep mine lighthearted because you guys have the good ones. I'll go the schmaltzy route, but I'll go John Candy. Because, like, he's lighthearted. He was always good with the fans. He was a shy guy, believe it or not. He was very shy. But, like, he would never shy away of doing anything for a fan. So he would always probably have stuff about his son and daughter, his wife. And um, believe it or not, when he died, um, he was getting ready to film the Flintstones. So. Oh. That went to John Goodman. Yeah. But. But yeah, you guys have better ones. Mine sucks. So well, I get enough for this segment. I mean, there's so many comedians. I mean, Robin Williams. I mean, I don't think he had a Twitter account. I'm not sure. Chris Chris Farley. Chris yeah. Farley. Um, oh, here's one. Oh, Belushi would have been awesome. Here's oh. one. What about... Um, oh, God, I just forgot his name. Uh, played uh, Three's Company. Um, John Ritter. John Ritter. John, John, Ritter. John Ritter. Can you uh, imagine? John. Yeah. What was it? I just watched a documentary on Frank Sinatra. That would have been kind of learn more about the Rat Pack or something like that. Like, oh yeah, that would be interesting too. That's a good question, Corbs. Well, yeah. if you're gonna go down the road, road, what if, uh, what if, um, you know, the man himself, uh, the uh, you know, buried in a in an unmarked grave, head of the uh, unions himself, Jimmy Hoffa. Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah. What would he have said on Twitter? He to me would it would it would be like an early version of Trump. Oh God, you're probably. Right. I, I think his last tweet would have been, "It's really dark in here." <laughs> I want to, yeah, no corpse. I want to take. But I know back. I'm going to get out. I know I'm going to get out. I want to take mine back. I want to go Edgar Allan Poe. That would be a cool one. That because would be a whiny, whiny Twitter account. Always fuck. looking I for attention. I love that one. It's what, but he'll be like talking about like the dark stuff, like. Telltale Heart is arguably one of the best things Maybe I've ever like, read. Felt cute, might kill myself later. You know, <laughs> I would read it though. <laughs> I'll probably be the lone follower, but that's fine with me. <laughs> I really can't think of it. I mean, it, I mean it, 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 you bring up so many good possibilities and whatnot. It's just, I just was thinking, I'm thinking to myself, and I was thinking more like, like sports figures, like guys that from like back in the early, early nine, 1900s, Babe Ruth. Shoeless Joe Jackson. Babe yeah, Ruth would be like, yeah, Babe Ruth would be hashtag hot dog, hashtag beer, all that right. stuff. <laughs> yeah, with, with Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig. Yes. Stuff like that, you know, it's just, you know, but. Just Rowdy like, Roddy Piper. Ooh. Oh, Jesus. He would be fun on there. Yes. And then just, just for the crack ears, Jake the Snake. He just had a birthday, I think. He turned 67. Yeah. Yeah. You okay. I, I was gonna say, did your question wrap up the segment? It did. It did. All right. And because Jack was barely able to make it onto the show, no questions this week. Uh just an update for you though, Jack. Your questions went over very well. And I if I remember correctly, um Corb's kind of housed on that last week. Corb's great work. Don't don't lie, Jack. You already told us you didn't watch the episode. No, I didn't. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I, I'm. Yeah, I'm one less listener. <laughs> I did go back and look at the episode, Paul. Thank you for putting all those pictures of Kevin in my segment. I wasn't sure you'd do it, Kevin. You need to watch the new segment. You'd really do. Son of a bitch. I I told you it didn't matter if you showed up or not. You were going to be in in my bed. Oh man! Even when I'm not here, I'm here. Yeah. Oh yeah, you were oh, here. Yeah. You were here. You're always, you're always there. 
All right. Why don't we throw it to commercial? We'll wrap this thing up. We'll come back, do some more uh, celebration discussions. What do you say, guys? All right. Sounds good. Stick with us. Fourth annual Sci-Fi Horror Fest is coming with an all-new location, new guests, and all the same fun, charm, and camaraderie that you've come to know and love. Sci-Fi Horror Fest has a new home for 2022 at the Vernon Downs Casino and Hotel in Vernon, New York. Sci-Fi Horror Fest will be held on August 26th and 27th. Sci-Fi Horror Fest is a family-friendly event featuring fun activities, vendors, and a media area with an eclectic group of podcast personalities. Exciting celebrity guest appearances will be announced soon. For more information and to purchase tickets, go to www.sci-fi-horrorfest.com. Sci-Fi Horror Fest is currently looking for volunteers. This is your chance to be a part of the fun. Please note, details of the event are subject to change due to any lasting issues due to COVID-19. Looking for the hottest new comic on the shelf or a keyback issue to complete your run? How about that rare statue or action figure that you've scoured the internet looking for? Come to Collectibles Galore, located in North Syracuse with ample off-street parking. Collectibles Galore has a huge selection of comics, toys, and rare pop culture items you won't find anywhere else. Comics Galore is always buying comics and toys and will give you the fairest price for your collection. New customers get 15% off their first purchase in-store. Collectibles Galore for all of your pop culture needs. Stop in and see for yourself why Collectibles Galore is the king of comics. celebration still geeking out over it um there's just so much to talk about with celebration like uh there was a mandalorian panel there was the opening um where we got to see the kenobi uh two-night premiere um you got to see uh clone wars last four episodes on big screen um but uh there's just so much to talk about but like one thing that really i it was a little side story I've read some of the comic books, but um, I went to this uh, panel. It was Dave Filoni was there all four days. So kudos to Dave Filoni. He was awesome. He is definitely a fanboy like us. So he's really taken a liking to it. And um, Kev, just give me a head nod if you did this. Um, I went to a panel called Tales of the Jedi. And so um, this was a panel that was really, really special. So this is coming out in fall 2022. There's a little backstory. And Dave Filoni is going to have six animated shorts. So they're going to be six um, animated short episodes. And um, he's going to focus on Ahsoka Tano. Of course, he's got to do that because that's his baby. Um, and then he's going to focus on Count Dooku. So you're going to have Ahsoka Tano and Count Dooku. And um, you're going to see, um, we, we were very fortunate enough to see the first episode, believe it or not. So he showed us that. So um, the first episode is with Ahsoka Tano as a baby. I'm not going to spoil this for you guys. I'm going to let you watch it. But like, it's a baby Ahsoka Tano in her village and all that. But um, it's going to go and see how what goes on with it and how well, she becomes. 
with the Jedi. Yeah, like what was really cool. What was really cool about this after Dave Filoni is getting interviewed about all this stuff, like literally, um, he's mentioned. I'll, this is what he was talking about. So like he was talking about Count Dooku. So we'll talk about that one a little bit as well. He was saying, yeah, Count Dooku is gonna be talking about his early years. And for a Jedi lightsaber, tell me if I'm right. It's called a hilt. That's the base of your lightsaber. And it's blue, blue or purple. So he's still got the same hilt, but he's it shows him as a Jedi Knight on the Jedi Council. Nice. And they announced a guy by the name of Liam Neeson is coming back playing Qui-Gon Jinn. And Liam Neeson's son is going to be doing the voice acting as well. So you're gonna like not they're not all happy. So you're like gonna have some um, um scary um sad episodes because Dave Filoni when he was writing Mandalorian season three with John Favreau he was traveling back and forth. He's like I want to focus on Tales of the Jedi. So it's gonna be six episodes. Could get renewed for um, a second season. But in the trailer you see in Qui Gon Jinn, you're seeing like Ahsoka. Like you'll probably see Plo Koon find Ahsoka, bring her to the Jedi Temple. You'll probably see that, but. You'll finally get get it. I can't see. That's how much I'm geeking out over this. It's so amazing. Like I'm such, like now I want to cry a little bit because like literally like I I was taking my buddy's lightsaber all weekend and you guys know like I said on this podcast I am not shy but um it's not Star Wars related but I kept taking my buddy's lightsaber and I was like I have the power <laughs> like he man. So, but it doesn't matter. Everyone's just looking and geeking out with you. And my friend's like, oh my God, just do your thing. I don't, I don't give a shit about with this anymore. So, but the Tales of a Jedi, watching that, like, like it was cool. Dave Filoni got interviewed by this lady. And literally when you're watching the episode, you're seeing Dave Filoni and this girl, they're sitting Indian style looking up on stage. It, it is so cool watching them. I'm like, I look at my buddy, I'm like, yo, they're watching it with us. So it was really neat watching, like, I'm not going to spoil that first episode for you, but like, you're going to see a young Qui-Gon Jinn by training by Count Dooku. Saifa Diaz is in the trailer. Um, you're going to have Yoda come back, Mace Windu, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You might get to see like Qui-Gon Jinn pick Obi-Wan Kenobi. You have Yaddle in the trailer. So like, you have so many different things. Like, I thought this was going to be pre, um, like, pre-republic era but this is literally still the republic area era it's like 50 years prior to phantom menace but there, like i said six animated shorts but like i'm really focused on this count dooku side story because you'll probably see him at like they'll ask him like why weren't you at uh, qui-gon's funeral because he was created specifically for attack of the clones he wasn't created yet so you'll see that because that's really impressive tales of a jedi though like i'm telling you like that was just like an hour long panel. I was literally in the in the audience, and I said that I got the power thing. I'm screaming it, and like literally, maybe Dave Filoni is just humoring us, but like it's a crowded auditorium, and he's like, "Yeah, what he said, man." <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, he probably got creeped out, but who gives a fuck?" I had a blast. Like, would I ever see these people again? I would hope so, but honestly, I don't. I was a fanboy, and I still am. But tale, like like I said, the Tales of a Jedi was a a panel that I was really excited for. And I'm really excited to see what they're going to do with that one. Yeah, that's cool. I didn't realize there was only uh, six episodes. Yep, they're like 15 minute episodes. But like we saw the first episode, I'm not going to spoil it for you guys, but watching other stuff definitely ties it in. It does help for sure. Nice. It's good. Like we're all like, like, like geek pod, like, but like the animation is so crisp. It's just so very, it's amazing. Like, you think baby Grogu is like Grogu is like the phenomenon? 
wait till this baby Ahsoka comes out. Like they're people are gonna see that and they're like, oh, this is the new thing. Like this is it was really, really well done. Nice. So. Looking forward to that. I heard oh, about it. So good. But I um uh, yeah, that's all I got. Back to you, Paul. <laughs> Back to you, Kev. What else do you want to tell us about? Well, okay, so the other the other really cool story, and it, and it really ties into you know pretty much everything else I've been talking about already, was some of the stuff that I got um, from people that I wasn't expecting. Um, so some of the people I met. So so I'm going to show you these things, and and I want you to tell me if you knew these existed. <laughs> are those the 501st cards? These are trading cards. Yeah. That the 501st puts together. Mm-hmm. They make them themselves or they have them made. And it's each one of their um, cosplays. Right. So one person could have three different trading cards, one for each of their cosplays. For example, this nice. is Giselle. Mm. Okay. This is Giselle. Awesome. This is her husband, Teddy. One of my favorite cards. And these are two of the older members, um, longer term members. Um, I forget this woman's name, but that's a woman. Nice. You have no idea. There's no way to know. She's in costume. You have no idea. And that's her husband. And he's a very tall gentleman, so it looks it looks very very good. His costume, it is absolutely perfect. So there was all that going on. Now I wasn't specifically collecting those cards, but what had happened was in the conversations that I was having with Giselle and Teddy at the at the Marriott, you know, they had people coming and going because this is you know before the actual convention, so everybody's getting in, they're showing up, and they're talking, and they're hanging out, and they're oh let's get this arranged, you know, and we're meeting these people, those people, whatever. People start pulling out their their um, trading cards, and they're like, oh here's mine, here's mine. Like, wow, I didn't even know this existed. This is like blowing my mind. And don't forget, on the back of each one of these is there is their stats and what um, you know what. Uh, group they belong to so like there's southern california northern california and and all different kinds of groups and they actually have their own names Uh so then i'm like well this is cool now i don't have the picture to show i'll make sure paul gets this and maybe what he'll do is insert it into the um the uh, podcast but i pulled out the one coin that i took with me i took with me a boba fett challenge coin that I had purchased um, a guy advertises on Facebook and some other things. He does patches and he also does these coins and really, really nice, very well designed coin. I am Boba Fett, you know, very nice colors. And I had brought it with me just because I thought, well, maybe if there's a situation, you know, somebody throws a challenge coin on a bar, I'll have one and I'll be able to, uh, to meet the challenge. So I wanted to show it to Teddy. Now this is when we had several people standing around. So I pull it, I go, oh, you'd, you'd find this interesting. And I just pulled it out and showed it to him. Then Teddy puts his coin on the bar. Giselle puts her coin on the bar. The couple, the, the Darth Vader and um, uh, the, uh, not Crimson Guard, but they're something else. I forget what they're called, but the, the Real Guard. 
Imperial Guards. She put hers. So there's five coins on the bar. My buddy Rob's looking over my shoulder going, holy fuck, what just happened? <laughs> so I get pictures of all the coins, flip them all over and get pictures again. So I've got that picture I'll, I'll share with Paul. Blew my ever-loving mind. I had no freaking idea. So the idea behind challenge coins goes way back to military. When you were actually issued a coin based on something you did. You passed a special school. You were in a special unit. So you got a challenge coin. If you're at a bar or if you're in a place where they serve alcoholic beverages, or if it's a, um, a physical challenge, you pull out your coin and you throw it down and you say, you know, there's my coin. Who, you know, who's got theirs? And if nobody else there has a coin for whatever their school is, whatever their special unit was, they buy the drink or they have to do the physical, uh, you know, exercise or whatever it is, they lose because they don't have the coin. So they're continuing this in the 501 and it's a thing and it's really, really cool. And I had no idea. So there's two things that happened, you know, along the lines of everything else that happened that all of a sudden I feel like I've been taken in and given, uh, you know, a piece of without ever having asked for it or known about it ahead of time. Nice. But wait, there's more. <laughs> I hope you're going to tell us that you convinced Paul to make GeekPod trading cards because I totally want a trading card now. I want a holographic GeekPod trading card. We can make our own trading cards. These companies aren't picky about who they'll you, who. you guys act like this isn't already in the works. <laughs> okay, oh. then. I want an limited edition Kev mustache card. <laughs> <laughs> so I want, that when you, I want a hologram that when you change it, it changes the mustache thickness gets different. <laughs> no, there you go. <laughs> Big mustache. Little mustache. So, so <laughs> oh, he's Hitler, getting a mustache ah. erection. There you go. There <laughs> so Rob and I only stayed through Saturday. We actually flew back on Sunday so we could miss the, uh, the uh, uh, travel traffic. We wanted to make sure we got back. Um, and we both know we'd be sore. Both of our, our feet are like, you know, our feet and legs hurt, you know, both of us. And it was, it was tough. I mean, for him, you know, he's got four or five days to recuperate before, you know, he can grow the skin back on the end of his leg uh, because of the way it, you know, it mates with the prosthetic. Um, but he knew that and he was totally into it. He was just like, I'm doing this. I don't care. I'm going, go, go, go. And we did. And, and you know, God bless him. So on Saturday, we're hanging out at the fountain outside the hotel, and people are showing up for group pictures. One of the group pictures was all of the Ahsokas. Now, there's a Facebook group for these um, lovely ladies and some gentlemen, as I, I found out, that they got together and they said, let's get together and have a group picture at this time. Great. Fantastic. I'm getting great pictures. I've got a, you know, all these Ahsokas. Wow. Great. Oh, great costume. Oh, lightsabers. Blah, blah, blah. And they start cheering. The crowd parts. And in walks Ashley Eckstein. That's awesome. And the gentleman, and, I, and I'm so sorry I cannot remember his name. The gentleman that voiced Anakin for the animated series. Matt something, right? Yeah. And somebody handed him uh, a legacy lightsaber. Nice. So... He's up there with, with Ashley, and Ashley's just gushing over all these Ahsokas. And it was just phenomenal. I mean, it was a beautiful thing to see. 
I got a chance to take pictures of it. And I was just so happy to be there. But then, of course, because that group was there, there were other groups like Mandalorians. Like, of course, there's a bunch of Mandalorians. And these two guys kind of stood out to me. Didn't look like any Mandalorians we'd ever seen before. Probably unlike any Mandalorians we'll see since. But and I took a picture of them and it's on their Instagram page. So if you looked at my username, my tag at the bottom of my picture in the last segment, you'll see it said, long live the shroud. I received this. That's awesome. It is a patch. And this is a patch for the shroud. And what the shroud is, is a group of like-minded souls who happen to believe that there's a story outside of those stories that we all know and love. There are other stories that are in that universe. Jaeger, the gentleman in this picture, is their leader. And he's writing a story about it. And this is Meister, the gentleman that was with him. And if you go and you look at Mando Clan Shroud, oh, I can't get the picture there. Sorry about that. If you go look at Mando Clan Shroud on Insta Instagram, you're going to see my picture that I took of them at the fountain. And they, they love the picture. And I talked to them a little bit on Instagram, but I had to go up to them. And I had to say, I want to know who you are. I want to know what your backstory is. I want to see your story on a big screen. I said, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. And it was just a total personal spin on what Mandalorians could be or what a character from the universe could be. And their whole thing was that they were a group that had aggressed this planet or this, this uh, colony or whatever it was, took it over took control of it and eventually made friends with the colony and helped them. So these guys were dressed in like a Mandalorian garb, but then picture them in like pseudo desert and um, uh, uh, woodland camouflage with burlap burlap wrapped around their guns and they were carrying like this you know, this uh, mesh bag on the one guy's back and he's got a stormtrooper helmet in the bag the other guy's carrying a um, battle droid head for a club it was the coolest thing i'd seen at the entire show and that includes the moon knight mandalorian that i saw mm -hmm. you neglected to mention this did not get a picture, unfortunately, oh. but man, was he cool. White, white hood, white cape, you know, with the hood and the uh, crescent on his chest. Nice. Just the coolest things. I mean, I think this is why, I think this is why I went. I think this is what I'll take with me from that is the people, you know, and, and the stuff. That's awesome. You have all Amen. these different cosplayers, like what um, Kev is saying. But out of all those, you see the uh, George Lucas um, guy. You're like, you do a double take. Like there was a guy that looked like George Lucas, and it he looked like George talked. Lucas. Yeah, literally, he was talking like I was, I was like, 
I was like, dude, you're George Lucas. He's like, yeah, I know I'm George Lucas. And I'm like, oh my God, he was actually talking like, um, I was like, are you going to break character? That's probably like, exactly what George Lucas would say if you said, hey, you're George Lucas too. I, I know, but the, but the way he, like, I was like, aren't you going to break characters? He's like, no, I got to go now. My uh, plane's taken off soon. I'm like, oh my God. But it was just like, it was just like so funny though. But like you, not to embark your, um, have your experience, but you see all those different things. It was interesting for sure. It's great. It's exactly, I mean, it, we just sat there by the fountain and we just kept watching them come in and they take pictures and I'd, I'd run over and I'd say, hey, can I get a picture too? And I mean, Inquisitor costumes and nice. Oh, here's one. I wanted to bring this up to you guys and see if any of you knew who Jackson was. No, but I caught that reference and no, that's, that had me. J-A-X-X-O-N. Now, as I understand Oh, it, now that you spelled it out, yes. Now this I know is exactly from, what you're talking about. This is from either Old Republic or something. It's from way back when. No, it's not that Marvel, far. original uh, Marvel comic books. The original Star Wars Marvel comic books. Oh, is okay. it canon? Is it canon now? I don't think so. Hasbro did a six-inch uh, figure. Yes, they did. So what yes, you guys got to know, what you guys got to know about this, is that it's a rabbit head and a and a armor for uniform. Two cosplayers. We saw the first one, like, what the hell is that? We had to start, we had to look it up. We had to look it up. Then we're on the floor and we find two of those Hasbro uh six-inch figures. Yeah, they, they came out, I think, last last summer. Oh, is that the figure, is? yeah. It was neat. It was wicked neat. Pink Wookiees, too. <laughs> oh, there's pink Wookiees, purple Wookiees, and the yellow. There's, there was, it was everywhere, bro. Yeah. Look, pink Wookiee pink Mandalorians. Wookiees. There was a Mandalorian. Oh, there, there was one guy there. He had to be six. I'll send the picture to the group. He was, it was a Mace Windu. Of course, me being stupid, I was like, put your paw up next to my paw. His hand was like this big compared to mine. I was like, holy shit, you're huge. And literally this guy was like six foot eight. He's like, thanks. And he's like pointing at me in the pictures like this. He's like, mm. <laughs> but like, I was like, but I was like, let me put your paw on your, my paw. And like, it was just, yeah, he crushed my hand for sure. And I texted my buddy, Yao, that's also black. I was like, I was like, bro, you should dress up as cosplay too. He's like, yeah, I'll probably be the only Mace Windu there. I'm like, bro, you're not going to be the only Mace Windu, but it was, it was just so much fun nice well i'm glad you guys had a blast yeah yeah so how about actually also last thing um the droid building like the people that built their own droids like they put vape inside them so like the, the pretend they were on fire and like they made bb8s r2d2s like one guy i was talking to i was like oh wow your r2d2 is amazing he's like yeah it took me about three months it took me too long i'm like what the fuck <laughs> i was like dude it's amazing so like yeah like it was all different droids like it was like choppers from BB-8s to R2-D2s, stuff like that. Nice. Um, very cool. Yeah, we uh, actually have a friend of the show who's a droid builder. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, James. I don't know. Yeah. And plus, we also know members of the 501st, local 501st. We uh, made a lot of inroads with all of them when we decided to throw Madison a ridiculously huge Star Wars birthday party. Mm -hmm. 
So. Madison a party or a Paul birthday party? No, that was legit Madison's. I had to be talked into dressing as a Jedi for it. So that's right. I remember that. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Um. Otherwise, I think uh, the midstream report looks pretty shallow here. All I've got written down is uh, Obi Wan Kenobi. All I have to ask is, did Hayden Christensen really need to be involved? I haven't seen the third episode yet. <laughs> I, well, I yeah, mean, you're right here. I mean, really? I, I mean, I understand if he's excited for it and they want to pay two actors, but they could have had the janitor play Darth Vader if you're going to have James Earl Jones do the voice. Maybe there'll be more later on. I mean, Jack, you, you know Vader's going to show up. I don't I'm not, not going to tell you anything else. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you don't have to know anything. I mean, we know we know from the show that, or, you know, from, from Celebration that Hayden Christensen comes back. Yeah, yeah so. I just, I, I'm just like, so far, I'm like, was it really necessary? Right. Hugh McGregor said, though, he wouldn't do it without, like, Hayden Christensen, too. So he's the executive producer on the show. He wanted him back. Oh. You really wanted him back for this show for sure. And so, Hayden Christensen was retired. Like the reason uh, this is only a rumor. The reason he didn't do autographs and pictures too. Like he is so so shy. He really is afraid. Like he is the biggest introvert probably on the Star Wars set. He really hmm. does his interviews and then he literally goes his own way. He showed up to Ian uh, McDermott um some pictures and he hugged him and then left. <laughs> like I really was shocked though he didn't like do some photo ops. Because I think he did photo ops in Celebration a couple of years ago. Yeah. But to answer your question, though, Hugh, like, it, I agree, you didn't need to have him, but you and McGregor, okay, like, producer, one. maybe you and McGregor hates him and just wanted him to have to hang out in the costume. <laughs> He's got. Or you're just throwing him a bone, getting him a paycheck. Oh, maybe, so. maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, we ruined you here. I'll hook you up. You can't, you can't ruin his reputation. The girls fucking love him. I think yeah. I saw, I think I saw Jack jumping up and down when he walked through the, the aisle. I'm oh, sure. absolutely! Like um, um, Ashley Eckstein was saying, like what the twentieth anniversary um, of Attack of the Clone. She was like the one that was hosting the panel. She literally looked at Hayden Christensen, like I get to finally meet you, Sky Guy. Good to meet you, Sky <laughs> Guy. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's good. You know, without going into details, I, I'm even liking the show, and I'm the, I don't know. I, mean, I know Corbs and I are probably the least Star Warsy people here. Um, I mean, I like Star Wars, but uh, yeah, it's really good. It's really good, yeah. Yeah. It was really cool. Like, re, um, I guess there's been a lot of uh, comments against Reva, the black girl in the show. And did you guys see what Ewan McGregor did? He yes, I saw the video he posted. That was awesome. Like he's like, yeah, we're, like in many words, he's like, yeah, we're not gonna deal with that shit. Yeah. Why are they no. even having issues with her? I don't because she's black. Seriously, okay. but what yeah. what does that have to do with the? And I'm I'm not saying from a rational point of view. Usually yeah. they have some twisted reason. I mean, I didn't is see this, the comments. Isn't it existing character that wasn't black to begin with? I don't believe so. I believe this was a new but, character, and they're just talking? literally jumping all over. And I again, I didn't see what the comments were. I just know it was some awful, like horrible shit they were posting at her. To the I point they, where he came out, recorded a video, and basically said, "Don't be racist, okay. and if you are racist like that, like you're not a, really a Star Wars fan." I only saw one comment. Literally, it was like, "Oh, well, it had to be a black girl playing a Star Wars character." I'm like, "That's the only comment I saw. There could have been more, but that's the only one I saw." But here's here's the here's the other side of that coin. If 
she's not black, they'd bitch that there wasn't a black person in, in the TV show. The, the same people wouldn't, though. Yes, exactly. The other people. I mean, I don't know how you can you, rally or rail against casting by skin color when you have rabbit-headed characters in your universe. Exactly. There's that, yeah. Right. Green people, blue people. I, I think she does a great job. Yes, I mean, she's pretty awesome. Uh, I, I, I don't I don't know one head from the other as far as casting is concerned or acting, but I like her. I like her. I like her work. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know that they've there's been some hate towards the girl playing Leia. Uh, really? People, yeah, what? There has people really? saying that she she's a little asshole, and people who don't understand they're saying, "Oh no, this isn't right for her to to meet up with." Kenobi and I'm like you know what this actually connected that whole sequence because when she reaches out to him mm-hmm. she clearly you know you know you you worked for my father during the wars and she calls him Ben or Obi-Wan and she clearly there, there's a relationship there yes. of some sort yeah. a familiarity yeah yeah yes. and, and this this kind of fills tied, in that blank yeah it, tie, it ties that blank in <clears throat> she's met him before and she's worked with her father before yes so and also is, knows him both the, as Obi-Wan and Ben. Yeah. Because when Luke the, says that, yeah. This is great, the problem though. with people that were introduced to the movies in the wrong order. Mm-hmm. Right. Agreed. She's great. She's like a little fire plug. I think she's yes. amazing. But like literally... Fire when, plug? Spark yeah, plug. Fire plug. <laughs> My grandma used to say those terms like, oh, you're a little fire plug. Um, but like, no, but like seeing that, like I literally, when we're watching the premiere, like I look at the guy next to me, he's dressed as Bell Organa. I'm like, I was like, Alderaan. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. <laughs> literally, we're all geeking out. Like literally my friend's sitting next to me and like, I'm literally, I hug the guy next to me. I'm like, it's Alderaan. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's it. Sorry. All right. Do we have anything else or we want to wrap this thing up? Did you guys see that, uh, Alicia? It's no longer in Walking Dead. Yep. The Walking Dead. No, I'm a week behind on that one. I haven't finished the newest oh. one, but you figure yeah, that's so much. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're gonna be so pissed when you see the finale. So oh so angry at those stupid little fucking mealy faced motherfuckers, Chambliss and whatever his other name is, that writes this show. You're just gonna want to fucking punch them in their stupid faces. I feel like he was channeling Go out and get some sun. So done I, feel like, I feel like he was so, channeling his inner Sam Kennison over there. And he's like, oh, fuck. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you haven't wanted to punch the, punch him in the face all season? I, I, oh, all season I, I, I wanted to have, punch my yes, TV. But, yeah. but the decision they made in these last two episodes is... I mean, they, they think they talk about it and they think that they're writing fucking Shakespeare. And I'm like, I can't even politically correctly use the words I want to use to describe how I feel about them in this day and age. It's like they're living in a dream world and do not realize what they have done. I mean, okay, okay, Madison's coming back. We know this in the final episode. Can you believe they also fucking ruined that? Wow. You're gonna, your, your mind is gonna be blown. Like if I had sat down and wrote ten different ways they could fuck up Madison Clark coming back, I never would have hit on this. Nice. I'm looking forward to this now. This is the first time this season I'm looking forward to seeing the episode now, and it's for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. <laughs> 
right. I think I think that is the perfect end point right there. All right. <laughs> right. Cut. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Forbes, come on. It's, it's you got to drop, drop it. Apparently we're leaving, so you're dropping nuggets, right? Yes. <clears throat> I've been giving it a lot of thought lately, and I just don't think this being an alt thing is going to work out for me. Good night, everybody, and mega by me, bitches. This has been a Geek Pod Network production. <laughs>